there's no such thing as a perfect parent. So we're not going to be cool as a cucumber all the time. We're going to mess up, but that's okay. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 220. Today, we're talking about pandemic parenting SOS with Susan Kaiser Greenland. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I am glad to be in your ears and connecting with you. In just a moment, I am going to be sitting down with Susan Kaiser Greenland, and this is her second appearance on the Mindful Mama podcast. So she's amazing. She's an internationally recognized leader in teaching mindfulness and meditation to children, teens, and families. She co-founded the Inner Kids Foundation, a not-for-profit that taught secular mindfulness in schools and community-based programs in greater LA. And we're going to talk about parenting in this pandemic. My gosh, we are, in the, for me, in the seventh week of my kids being home from school. And uh, as my husband put it the other week, kind of sardonically, fun was canceled. But not, that's one way of looking at it. Today, we're going to talk about, you know what? What do we need? What do parents and kids need during this unprecedented time of the pandemic and sheltering in place with 24-7 family time? And so I invited Susan to come back, and she's going to talk to us about how to broaden our bandwidth and use mindfulness skills to parent with more presence during these times. So there's some important takeaways I want you to listen for how minds change bodies and bodies change minds. This is an important piece that can help us enormously. How we need to lower our expectations for ourselves and our kids. And that wisdom doesn't come from being perfect. It comes from being present. And we're going to be diving into how to take care of ourselves, how to help our kids. So this is going to be a very powerful episode for you, my friend. I want to thank everyone who has written to me all those wonderful notes about the Mindful Mama Daily Dose. We have offered 24 um, short meditations and invitations for becoming more mindful. And I hope you'll re-listen to those. It was a great effort by my team and and over 50,000 people so far have downloaded those. So yay for all that mindfulness happening in the world. And I just want to let you know before we dive in that the Mindful Parenting free live training is starting really soon. So if you are not signed up, make sure you sign up. It's at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training or just on my website, mindfulmamamentor.com. And we are going to be, I'm going to be live with you daily starting on May 6th, talking about why your kids don't listen to you. We're going to talk about how to stop yelling what kids really need, and how to create cooperative kids without losing your temper. So these are all going to be live. You have to be signed up. And uh, we all will also provide a recording that will be available for a week afterwards. So join, be part of it. It's at 
mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. And then the Mindful Parenting course itself will be, membership will be opening up. It only does a couple times a year, right? Pretty soon after that. And I invite you to join, get that community and that support you need, the system. This is the perfect time to be focusing on our parenting uh, when we are with our kids 24-7. It is a real opportunity to turn things around in a powerful way with the support and guidance that you need to do so. So I hope you'll be part of it. And um, that's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. And, uh, and I think that's all I have to tell you before we dive in. Let's get to it, my friend, onto this episode with Susan Kaiser Greenland. Susan, thank you so much for coming back on the Mindful Mama podcast. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I am so happy you're here too, uh, because you can speak to so many things that we are, we are going through. And first, I just want to, uh, you know, ask, of course, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but how, how are you doing with your sheltering at home? And, and you have to do your two adult kids at home now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're a couple of the lucky ones. I mean, we're doing okay. We have people in our orbit who have gotten sick, but they've gotten better. Um, so right now we're knocking on wood and we're, um, you know, my husband and I really didn't ever expect to have this kind of an extended period of time with both of our grown kids under the same roof again. So that has been just a delight. And our, we're lucky our kids get along and they're friendly. And I think I was mentioned you would be friends even if they weren't related. So they're enjoying hanging out together. And, uh, and of course, there's challenges, um, because both of them have jobs that, you know, are, you know, they're beginnings of their career and have uh, jobs that have requirements. And so uh, they're doing their jobs from home, and uh, they're doing, they're doing a great job of it. But so everybody's got had to figure out a way in this house to find their own space and their own um internet uh interaction <laughs> and um i never wore earphones before but i've learned now we're all because we're all on different phone calls or doing different things we're all wearing the earphones whether we're listening to um a podcast or working or in a conversation so there's adjustments but um health-wise we've been we've been good work-wise it's been incredibly busy um there's a lot of need out there uh, for parents across the lifespan, parents of young kids and parents of older kids and um, grown kids who are either back home or grown kids who are away and parents are worried. So the need is terrific and um, and quite a bit of variation in where the stress is coming from depending on families, location, um, internet access, uh, all of that stuff. So it's been um, it's been a time of challenge in that way and a time that has required great creativity and a lot of critical thinking in different ways. So um, it's, it's been a, it's been quite a, quite a venture adventure so far and who knows where it's going to lead us. 
I know. Who knows where it's going to lead us? Dear listener, I almost had, I had this wonderful conversation scheduled with someone talking to someone about summer camp. And then I was like, oh, sad. We are just not going to be talking about that this summer. Well, I, <laughs> I got to like, tell oh, you, you, I think maybe talking about summer camp because, <laughs> but online summer camps, oh, um, wow. I'm involved in a summer camp that was, um, it has not been canceled yet, but it's an East Coast summer camp. And uh, it's called Camp Tuku. It's just starting. And they have already started offering on their Facebook page uh, short little videos with everything from mindfulness to composting to all sorts of things. And I think that this summer, the need for um, things to support families at home is going to be huge. So I think you are going to be having all sorts of conversations with people about uh, different, about reimagining summer camp. Oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, it, it's, it is interesting. And it's like, and the whole thing comes in waves and, you know, it's, it, we talked about this idea like that we there's a lot of enjoyment sometimes that comes in this. And, and for me like this, it's like, I get the, all this enjoyment, but then I had this last week, I had this moment where I found out that somebody, my grandfather's assisted living place had COVID-19 and it was like, wow, that hit me hard, that mm -hmm. the fear of that. And then now I'm okay. Like kind of feels okay, but it, it is, it's like all these different stressors, but just the, the thinking about kind of like, what, what do parents need? Like what, what are, what are we needing right now? What are the, one of the most essential things that we can't be, you know, we can't put aside at this moment now that we're dealing with all these anxieties, whether they're financial or trying to homeschool our kids or, or just like, let me out of here for a day, please, to go somewhere else that so you go drive to the like grocery store and you're like, wow, look, other places. Anyway, so what are you seeing as like the needs that we, we really need to pay attention to? Well, for parents, uh, I think the need is, uh, it's always been, but it's great, even greater now is the need for real self-care. And I know we talked about this the last time, but even more so now, uh, just a, a very relaxed understanding of our nervous system and what, how, that, uh, how that's affecting what we're doing, saying, thinking, and feeling right now. Um, because, uh, well, I don't know how much you want to go into that piece. No, but I think that's helpful to understand. It's so helpful to understand what's happening with the nervous system and what, how, that, how that affects us. Because the, the truth is like when we react as parents, we, most often parents are blaming themselves for our reactivity. And there's, there's a lot to understand there. So please tell, dig a little yeah. deeper. And I think there's two different pieces. One is the nervous system piece, and then and then also the reactivity, which is related to the nervous system, but it's also so closely related to discernment, the idea of discernment and helpfulness, whether or not we're actually being helpful in the moment, even when we intend to be helpful. So the nervous system piece is to remember that when we when our nervous system goes on to high alert, um, and that happens when we get scared, but it also happens when we get angry. It can happen when we get tired, when we're hungry, when we're stressed. Um, what happens is that the bandwidth available to us to be able to think through problems and to be open and receptive and able to listen necessarily narrows, and we move into that more reactive mode. 
So you can even think about this as the more we get um, overstimulated, the more our worlds close down because we become, our bandwidth becomes more narrow. And one of the things that also happens as part of, these are, this is part of a survival mechanism that we have. It's a very useful survival mechanism. We need it to get through situations that are dangerous. And one of those, um, I'm sorry, I think I need to turn off my uh, notifications. There you go. Um, and one of those, uh, as one of the aspects of that survival system is also a negativity bias. So in addition to our capacity to think critically and to think through problems and to listen and to be open and receptive to new ideas, we also have a, a survival-based tendency to focus more on bad news than good news. So that also necessarily is narrowing our bandwidth and that bad news gets very, very sticky, the things we're worried about. And we have to work at uh, broadening our bandwidth so that we can include uh, not just the things that are worrisome right now or are threatening, but also the rest of the picture around us, which often includes some pretty good things so that we have a more balanced view. Because when we're trying to be helpful to our kids, when we're trying to help them out or be useful, if we're doing that from a place of reactivity rather than a place of balance and discernment or balance and clarity, often where uh, it backfires on us. So that's kind of a quick primer on that idea. Yeah, whenever I'm I'm saying something out of, of fear of what's happening with my daughter, it's always the most unskillful thing I can say. But you said we have to work at broadening our bandwidth, and and I, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the the nervous system on the podcast, and so I'm glad we were we're we're you know touching on that again. But this is this is work, right? Because this is the natural tendency. This is work that we have to do to. To broaden our bandwidth because it's it's just closing because then the because of the news because of the stresses all of these things so it's not our fault our bandwidth is closing this negativity bias is happening it's it's not our fault but what is the work that we can do to to broaden our bandwidth to allow more attention for seeing the positive things as well as seeing the being critical I guess of our kids which kind of happens a lot in this. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things. And um, so let's start with just the idea of, of seeing the positive things. Doing just that, when we notice ourselves focused on something that is um, uh, more fearful or more constricted, I like to think of it as I feel it in my body. I don't know about you, but I can tell when I'm starting to go to that fear place. I just start to I get tenser, I get physically tenser, and I just can feel myself constrict. So when I notice that, I try to turn my attention to my body and just in, relax. It's not like I'm ignoring what's happening in my mind, but I include what's happening in my body. So I'm able to still be aware of what I'm thinking about, but attempt to soften or relax the tension in my body that then often kind of relaxes my mind and then making a deliberate effort to take in the good to soak up some good around you whether it's just feeling it's bright and sunny here today it hasn't been the whole time that it is today whether just feeling the sun or 
noticing, you know, if you're washing your child's hair, just really noticing the, you know, great feelings about washing your child's hair or this, the warm water on your hands or the suds or whatever, or just seeing your child smile, you know, bringing that in. And it doesn't change the fact, and we're not ignoring the fact that there's difficulty, difficult things going on. And maybe there's something going on that requires some, um, you know, some sort of uh, behavior management with the child. We're not ignoring that. But what we're doing is rather than moving into the place of action out of reactivity or out of a constricted place, we're just slowing down the action. It's not like we're not going to act, but we slow that down first to just really try to get some balance so we can make our choice as far as what we're going to do or say from a place of clarity and balance. So that's the first thing is just trying to take in more of the good when you're focused on the bad. And another piece is that for those of us, and I know many of your listeners are meditators, for those of us who have meditated for a long time, you know, and especially for those of us who have been on retreat, which I know a lot of your, a lot of your listeners are meditators who have been on retreat, you know, we've been preparing for this for, you know, since we first sat down on the cushion in a way. And so a lot of the skills that we learn when we meditate um, are the skills that we apply here in life. So being able to integrate some of that time if you can because i know many of your listeners are home with busy families but by taking turns with a your partner or when you can just being able to spend some time practicing to help you kind of build up these capacities of discernment and clear seeing and, and less reactivity which comes by noticing when it arises and then responding to it skillfully I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them. and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships 
not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list. So you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com Yeah, I've noticed that I need to practice more. I used to be able to take a, a lazy day off on the weekend and no no more. No more lazy days for me during during the pandemic. So we want to make this deliberate effort to see the good. We're using the skills from meditation. We're we're deliberately, you know, using those skills of like a loving awareness, like what is happening right now, and then shift shifting the shifting the attention, um, interrupting, would you say, inter- interrupting the, the attention? Mm-hmm. There's different ways of doing it. And, it, it, and, and from a meditation perspective, it, it depends on the tradition in which you're trained or the technique in which you're trained, how you actually do that. Clinically, you know, from a clinical standpoint, the idea of interrupting and moving your attention to something else, that's a great way of being able to settle yourself and ground yourself and then moving your attention back to the difficulty. So that's, and that's also something that is developmentally appropriate for all kids. Because remember what we can do as adults in our awareness practices, many of the kids are not yet developmentally ready for. And sometimes as adults, we can't, uh, practice certain practices in certain ways because we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and we don't have the attentional capacity to include both the bad and the good at the same time. So that idea that you first talked about shifting your attention away from the problem to a neutral or present moment experience as a way to settle yourself and give yourself the capacity to come back, Mm -hmm. that is an excellent, excellent strategy. But there's another strategy too that also is terrific if you're able to do it, which isn't to completely shift your attention away from the experience, but rather broaden your bandwidth so that you can include it. And that's where this idea of really noticing the tension in your body and learning to respond by not ignoring what's happening in your mind, but also being able to relax a little bit and seeing if you can include this experience, that's really, really helpful. And then I work with a teacher named Minger Rinpoche, and he has a several-step process, and it very much like what we're talking about. First, you watch what's happening in your mind, and then you, uh, and if you're still feeling overwhelmed, then you uh, kind of move to a more neutral object, and that's where you pay more attention to that more neutral object. And if that's not even working, you can shift your technique and start trying to do another meditation trick technique. But the fourth one is really, really useful for parents, which is just take a break. Yeah. Just take a break. And that's something that I think often we can just skip to. And, you know, if we're starting to feel overwhelmed, we can just take a break and take it easy for a bit and then come back and see what we can sort through that. I, think I heard I'm, you say that you don't take any lazy days now during the pandemic. And I would encourage you to take a couple extra lazy days. <laughs> I'd encourage you to do the exact opposite. I think the pandemic is the time for us all to give ourselves a break. 
I, I think you're right. I absolutely agree with you. I think that my, my wording probably wasn't too skillful in that. I can't take any breaks from my meditation practice. I need at least a little bit every day. But actually, I found that I last week was supposed to be like spring break for me when my brother would normally visit. And, you know, So I didn't have anything on my calendar. And I took those days and I did gave myself permission to do nothing. I just worked on like a painting project and lounge around the house and read and napped in the middle of the day. And it was like, oh, hallelujah, the clouds cleared. Like that's yeah. exactly what I needed. And I think that we are expecting too much of ourselves uh, as far as like being productive. The whole idea of like being super productive during this time, it, it sounds weird because Americans are so, we're so particularly are so, you know, productivity obsessed. And we only think that we are of value if we're getting stuff done and doing things. But it, even though this is an extended period of time, it's really hard to get a lot done. And I think, would you agree with me that it, this is, it's, it's counterproductive for us to have these high expectations of ourselves and maybe also for our kids thinking about that homeschooling in this time? Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that this is an extremely important point for everybody, but especially parents. Um, you know, I, I was an early adopter of the Marie Kondo book. I thought that that was so terrific when it came out many, many years ago, but I don't, this is not the time for me to be going and Marie Kondoing out my house. And I hear so many people talking about, oh, that's the kind of stuff they want to do. And um, if they can do it, terrific. I, you know, I applaud them. But that expectation that, okay, now we have to uh, maximize the pandemic is just a uh, is is just kind of silly or if we're maximizing the pandemic let's turn that on its head what does maximizing the pandemic mean well to me it means it's an opportunity to really take a break from the usual patterns of thinking and really take away a break from the way that we think of go go do do be be out there and and, and see and focus on and feel lean into the feeling part of what matters most. Because remember, we were talking about the nervous system at the beginning. One other aspect of what happens when our nervous system goes on high alert is that we, uh, we turn more into a thinking, or we try to think harder. Remember, our bandwidth is narrowing, so our capacity to think isn't so great. But we get much more in our head as far as trying to think something true, try, through, trying to sort it out, trying to figure it out, as opposed to feeling you know, and I think that, you know, if we can intuitively and feel our way through this pandemic without getting overwhelmed, but really feel our way into the answers, feel our way into what is it about this time that we want to keep going forward? Mm. And what is it about this time that what is it showing us in our lives that ultimately we are going to want to do to make changes going forward? But really, instead of, to the extent that we're trying to maximize the benefit of the pandemic at home by doing or homeschooling, you know, I know every parent is going to need to make their own decision about this. But at this point, I think allowing the kids to have just a lot of, a lot of less pressure as opposed mm -hmm. to putting more pressure on them or putting more pressure on ourselves to become homeschooling, the homeschooler um, is just really important. 
I know I kind of went around in a circle on no, that one, but no, I agree. I mean, like they, it's better that that the sort of emotional stability, that groundedness. Like it's it, our kids need the the emotional capacity to get through this sort of trauma. Like our, our teachers can then catch them up on their math later <laughs> when they when they're going back to school, or they can, you know. But we can't sort of catch up if we've been been scarred by the the you know, that tight control. And I think that because there's so much chaos in the world, there's so much chaos. A lot of parents, a lot of us are, are leaning towards trying to control what we can control, right? So seeing that this, seeing, having the awareness of like, oh, I'm trying to control my kids because everything is, is out of control. The idea of kind of feeling into that, I mean, how, how can people maybe discern, you'd use that word discernment, right? How can they discern when they are, where, when they're sort of bumping up against that edge? Yeah. Well, you're raising a few very, very important points there. Uh, the first, the first piece that I, I heard you talk about was this, um, we don't know there's chaos surrounding us, but honestly, I have never been at a point in my life and I'm in my early sixties where the idea of having to become uncomfortable with uncertainty has been quite so in my face. I mean, certainly there have been health problems and all sorts of different things where I had to recognize that I had little control over them and there was uncertainty, but I never before had to recognize the uncertainty around when will I be comfortable getting back on an airplane? Mm -hmm. When would I be comfortable going, you know, very far from the house? When would I be comfortable staying in a hotel room? Getting uh, your how, hair cut again. Oh. Getting my <laughs> hair cut again. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, in, I've been in a ponytail and sweatpants since the pandemic and I, you know, it's, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon, but um, yeah, totally. So really learning to recognize this uncertainty and again, trying to relax with it and become more comfortable with it. And there's a story that I may have told on the podcast the last time. And if any listeners have heard me before, they've I've sure heard this story, but it's a real useful one. And it's one that my, my kids who are now grown say they still sometimes call upon because it's helpful. And it's the story of the farmer and the son and the horse and the neighbor. And so for those of you who haven't heard it, there's a farmer and a son and they have a farm in the mountains and they have a horse and one day the horse runs away and the neighbor comes over and says, oh no, what are you going to do? How are you going to be able to take care of your farm? You're lost. You've lost your horse. This is terrible, terrible. And this wise old farmer says, we'll see. Next day the horse comes back. And the horse brings this strong stallion with him. And now the farmer and the son have two horses. And the neighbor comes back and says, oh, joy, delight, wonderful, what good fortune, how lucky you are. And the farmer's response is again, we'll see. Next day, the son takes the new horse out and tries to train the new horse and falls off the horse and breaks his ankle. And the... Uh, neighbor comes over and says, oh, what are you going to do? You're so old. There's no way you can take care of this farm by yourself. And your son has got a broken ankle. This is just terrible. Farmer responds again. No surprise. We'll see. Next day, 
um, the officers come to town and they're from the armed forces and they are drafting all able-bodied men to join the army and to go and fight in a war. Sure enough, they can't take the farmer's son because of his broken ankle. And the neighbor comes over, oh, joy, delight, look at how lucky you are. And the farmer again responds, we'll see. And the idea of that story is we really have no idea what's going to happen next. And if you just think about all of the different things that had to come together to make this moment here right now where I'm talking to you and a listener somewhere is either talking, I'm sorry, is listening to us for all of those things to come together at the same time. It's a statistical improbability, not impossibility because it's happening, but improbability. It's really unlikely that all that will happen, but it is happening. So Mm -hmm. that happens with every moment. We just don't know what's going to happen next. And so we can try to look at it with that point of view of the farmer, which is an open-mindedness, which is not a deluded way of looking at it. We certainly don't pretend that these problems don't exist, but also an open-mindedness that we'll see. We'll see what happens next. So learning to develop more of a comfort level with uncertainty is extremely, extremely important at a time like this. Thank you so much for sharing that story again and telling it so beautifully. It is such a perfectly apt story in this situation. Of course, it makes a lot of sense. So I invite you, dear listener, to maybe tell this story to your children because this is a good story that can be shared with children about, you know, because children get pretty, sometimes pretty rigid, stuck in rigidity too, and they're feeling the chaos some kids are getting stuck in rigidity. Certain ages are pretty stuck in rigidity generally anyway. But, um, but thinking about kids, little, you know, what are little kids needing and like how, how are they, if they're getting overwhelmed, how, what are some of the ways that they're showing it? Cause maybe they're probably not saying it in the same ways that we are as adults. Yeah. I mean, kids are, kids will pick up from you know our own anxiety or our own fear is contagious. contagious. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But so is our ease, so is our mm-hmm. sense of humor, so is our lightheartedness, and so is our friendly awareness. So if we uh again, and it's so much responsibility for parents. Uh so we but again it goes back to the vibe that we are putting out in our family makes so much of a difference. And that's where parents need to be reminded again that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. So we're not going to be cool as a cucumber all the time. We're going to mess up, but that's okay. Even though there's no such thing as a perfect parent, wisdom doesn't come from being perfect. It comes from being present. And if we're present, we'll notice when we mess up. We might wait a bit until we settle back down and feel more grounded And then we'll circle back and we'll repair and we'll go back and we'll say, hey, sorry, mommy just kind of lost it there. I'm really, really sorry. And what can we do to make this better? So the first thing is that it, you know, the contagion of our well-being is a terrific positive benefit here. And I like framing it more toward 
the contagion of our well-being as opposed to scaring people that our anxiety is contagious too. Mm, So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is for the kids is just to give them a lot of love and still some structure. You know, they their anxiety will be eased if they have a structured day. Um, And structure doesn't necessarily mean that they have to um, complete absolutely every assignment, you know, that they have to, you know, be totally over-focused on school. So, or on whatever they're getting uh, in their lessons from from their teachers. So finding, just trying to find some balance. So again, that goes back to this idea of discernment and clarity from a place of balance rather than reactivity. And there's a couple of games that we use that they're analytical games uh, for kids, but they're as useful for adults um, to help us go through a series of questions on whether or not something is skillful or wise. And one of them is this idea of the three or the four gates. And we use it often for whether or not speech is wise, whether it's a smart thing or a wise thing to say or do, but it can also be used as far as action or behavior. And the, and what we ask is, is it true? Is what you're about to say true? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And if it r- walks through all those gates, then it is a skillful thing to say or to do. But there's a fourth gate too that I think is especially important in this pandemic. And that fourth gate is, is it the right time? Hmm. And I think for parents, is it the right time is a great sort of phrase to ask themselves or question to ask themselves often around when they are trying to enforce rules or um, set boundaries in the home right now. Maybe on a regular, at a regular time, the idea of insisting on sticking with the definite rules is appropriate. But right now, when there's so much stress from so many places, is it the right time to uh, relax some rules and maybe let children eat only white food for a few days if that's what they want to do? Um, or is it a time to say, relax some other rules, which is, okay, you know what, let's not pay so much attention to that homework right now. You know, let's go take a walk in the neighborhood. So that is it the right time is a great inquiry. And another great inquiry is just plain, is it helpful? Mm-hmm. Is this helpful for me to do right now? Is it helpful to me as the parent or for the child? I mean, the siblings can do this as well. You know, is it helpful for me? Is it helpful for you? the other person in the in the situation and is it helpful for the community and the planet and so those questions help you walk through a process to figure out whether what you're about to say or do is discern stay tuned for more mindful mama podcast right after this break this episode is sponsored by better help Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know it for me, it always helps to talk about my challenges with another person. A listening ear makes such a big difference. BetterHelp 
will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Not that we're doing that nowadays anyway. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available too. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. I checked it out and here's this one for Tina. It says, after just a few calls with Tina, I've already been given countless tools to grow in the ways I want to and to work on the areas of my life I am seeking to. I'm looking forward to continuing our session. She's prompt with the chats and has been extremely helpful and knowledgeable and friendly. Excited for my next call. So cool, right? Visit betterhelp.com slash hunter. That's better H-E-L-P and join over the 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Mindful Mama podcast listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash hunter. Yeah, I could have used Is It Helpful a few times where I was getting my, having my own moments of being triggered during this time. But definitely there have been, for us, periods of that, like them having some screen time during the day. And, you know, it was actually quite helpful for us all to sit down again at night and watch something together. You know, that was, yeah. that was pretty helpful. And that, that was healing at that time, even though that's not yeah. something that we usually do. It, it's, it's something that we relax at this time. And you talked about structure. And I think this is so important, the nuanced way you discuss this, because we, and the way I talk about it in mindful parenting is this idea of rhythm, right? Can we have some rhythm? So because you know, we want, we know kids want structure, but then we tend to say, okay, kids want structure. You will wake up at eight o'clock and then we're doing this, right? You know, my husband tried to make this really tight schedule <laughs> for the girls because he was just like wanting them to have some structure and knowing the value of that. But it's, it's hard. It's hard to know how to kind of walk that balance. I guess we just kind of bump up against the edges and we say, oh, okay, now I'm being too rigid. Well, <laughs> there it is, right? Yeah. But, kids, but what I love is I don't, I, uh, your viewers yeah. or your listeners are listening, they're not viewing, but I, right now, I wish they had been able to view that because what happens to us, and you just did a beautiful job of um, modeling that, is even with a big smile on your face and laughing and kind of joking about it when you were describing the tight schedule, I, sitting here in a Zoom meeting, saw your body tighten up. And that's oh, yeah. exactly what we're talking about. When we start getting tight in our minds, in our schedules, there tends to be a physical constriction and tension that happens too. And what happens, minds change bodies and bodies change minds. Really basic fundamental rule of mindfulness and meditation that is often forgotten. Minds change bodies and bodies change minds. So when our mind is getting stuck on something, 
sometimes changing that is harder than noticing the tension in our body and relaxing that tension. That doesn't mean we don't still pay attention to what's happening in our mind, but we can do two things at once. We can relax and see what happens in our mind. And often then our our mind relaxes and our that bandwidth broadens too. So yeah. that's a really useful thing. Whenever we're thinking about tense tense or tight schedules or tight this is or tight that's if we think about relaxing a little bit, that's usually helpful. Mm, yes, I love that. Let's the mind it leads the body and the body leads the mind because they they are really not separate, of course. So you now can you hear me right now? There is somebody, the neighbors have a lawnmower going and I don't know if that's Oh no, uh, you're you're okay. We're good. We're oh, good. <laughs> Um, now, so we know that obviously a, a big skill that's a, an SOS skill for parents right now is being able to take care of our difficult feelings and being able to take care of our difficult feelings uh, for kids as well. We know that mindfulness helps us to, you know, calm the nervous system, drop into our bodies, help open and, and broaden that, that bandwidth. So speaking, I mean, I know there's so many wonderful ways to, to, offer it to little kids, but speaking as the mom of a a 10-year-old who has heard the word mindfulness way too much because her mom is the mindful mama mentor, how do we how do we sell some of these uh, or offer some of these things, these very useful tools that we may be like, you know, the listener may be discovering themselves and and excited about them and we want to share it with our kids. What are some of the ways that we could share it maybe with little kids and then with older kids? Yeah, I think the older kids, and, and also remember, there's a lot of teenagers and grown children at home too. And teenagers, especially those in high school, are having a whole, and, and some middle schoolers too, have this whole new set of stresses, which is they are coming up upon the testing that will, either, or or their college admissions, or will there even be college next year? Or how do you get into middle, the next, from middle school to high school? Uh, that this is a period where a lot of that is sorted through and it's all up in the air right now. So the stress on some middle schoolers and some older high schools schoolers right now and their parents is just extraordinary and again, unprecedented. But a couple of things come to mind. One is remembering to describe what's going on rather than label it. And that's a trick that that classroom teachers have known for years and parents can really do well by adopting. So rather than saying, let's do some mindful walking right now, say, you know, okay, let's walk slowly and silently, or let's pretend we're in slow motion and walk to the um, kitchen counter and then walk back again. Or just instead of saying, let's practice appreciation, just say, hey, quickly, what are three good things right now? Just come, I mean, you know, right now, I know you're upset about this, buddy, I, that's rough. I'm so sorry. I hear that. And is, are there three good things you can think about? So the idea of describing rather than labeling is really very useful. Um, and also having a little faith, just old fashioned faith. I can tell you that neither of my kids uh, practiced regular meditation or mindfulness in a way, if you ask them uh, when they were growing up, they would say basically that they didn't. Um, And there was a lot of resistance. And now as grown adults, 
and I see now and I saw then that they were actually behaving in a way, acting in such a way that reflected these fundamental principles of mindfulness and meditation, um, even though they didn't have what one would call a formal practice. And now as grown adults, my son has a very formal practice um, and my daughter has started one. Uh, mm -hmm. So it just having some faith that if you model this, if it becomes just part of your household, I mean, I, I sometimes pinch myself. I mean, I remember taking my kids to meditation events when they were very, very little, when my son was maybe four or five, when my daughter was maybe six or seven and having it just go completely haywire. I remember my son saying to his father, when can I stop pretending that I don't have a brain after some practice of quiet, you know, feeling your breathing? And um, I remember my daughter got something caught in her throat and she said, oh, I just hopped on the holy plants. I mean, it was all going, you know, going south. And we ended up having to leave that event, you know, like in the middle of it. But so if anyone had told me then, which now is 20 some odd years ago, that I would now be sitting in a pandemic and my husband, would, who wasn't a meditator at the time then either, would be in one part of the, of the yard meditating. I would be in another part meditating and my son would be inside meditating uh, and that my daughter would be asking me for some uh, some some instruction or how could she get started because she was interested in starting, I would have, I just wouldn't have believed it. So this idea that these things, patience and these things come with time through the support of, you know, just listening and friendly awareness and keeping a sense of humor about it can help hearing these stories from people of us, people like us who are on the other side of it, can hopefully um, be encouraging to people with younger kids thinking if I just stick with this, it has a way of working out. It's the same story. We'll see. We'll you're, see what happens. You're giving me faith. Thank you, <laughs> Susan. And but for um, for little kids, uh, we can kind of slip in. You have some of the mindful games that can help them slip in when they're feeling overwhelmed. And I think we should also remember that some of the signs that our kids are being overwhelmed, especially when they're little, are they're acting crazy or they're hitting their brother or they're yelling or it, like what we see as quote unquote bad behavior can be this like I'm overwhelmed and I that's need right. help, right? Kind that's, of a that's a really important point. So, um, so, so when we think about how we can help them in those moments, like we're seeing, ah, their nervous system's going haywire you know, what, what, what do you say to the parent who's, who's seeing this behavior in their kid and how, how can I help my child in this moment and help us all so we're not, you know, suffering under this as well? Yeah, no, no, thank you for saying that because that's such an important point. And, and let's just add to it that all of the, all that you described is an aspect of, of acting out that could very well, it might look like defiance, but it actually could just be a matter of a nervous system and the, and the child or teenager thinking, this mm. is just too much. But there's another part of that that often gets overlooked, which is when kids start to withdraw and when kids start to go more into the, into the uh, freeze mode of fight, flight, or freeze, 
or the freeze or the forget it mode, uh, you know, which is just kind of like completely check out. If we look at that, and sometimes we can think that that looks a little bit defiant or something and not see it as, okay, that is also a sign of overload. So again, the idea of, of there are several different things that help ground um, this, uh, this, our nervous systems when our nervous systems start to get out of balance. And there are a number of mindfulness-based strategies that work. So things like deliberate or purposeful breathing, breathing in, and again, instead of saying, let's do some mindful breathing, just say, breathe in a little bit and breathe out a whole lot. <sighs> breathe in a little bit and breathe out a whole lot. Or breathing techniques like square breathing, breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. Those purposeful breathing techniques can help settle you. But there's other things besides breathing that helps. And one of the things that helps is connection, interpersonal connection. So if your child is willing to be with you and isn't pulling away, uh, just grounding themselves uh, with you and by you saying, hey, let's, hey buddy, let's just go take a walk. Or, hey, buddy, let's go and do a puzzle. Or, hey, buddy, let's do something together. Um, that kind of connection, the connection with you, will help ground this nervous system, too. Another thing that helps ground our nervous system is a connection to the natural world. So, yes. if you are someplace where you can go outside and just feel the sun, feel the breeze, put your, put your hand in the water and just really connect with that. So the connecting with the natural world also has a way of grounding us and, um, and settling our nervous system. So those are a few techniques, you know, purposeful breathing, connecting with one another, connecting with the outside world. And then of course, if it's an older child or a teenager, giving them some time and space to connect with themselves. And that doesn't have to be meditation, although it's terrific if that's what they want to do. Just encouraging them to put on their headsets and go and, you know, chill out someplace and listen to some music and really take some time to kind of connect back into themselves. That kind of thing um, can also be grounding. Susan, thank you so much. I, these are all so helpful. And you have resources that that people can dive into if they want to dive in more. I know that we touched, skimmed the surface of some of the, the tools that you have. Name the book that you have for your Mindful Games. It's, it's called Mindful Games. <laughs> so that's, it's an easy one to remember. And it's uh, actually Kindle has it very cheap right now if you want it to uh, sort of it. So it's a, you can get it on Kindle or you can, I, I think uh, uh, Amazon is still delivering, they can bring it or the Mindful Games activity cards that I did with my friend Annika Harris. And then if you just want to go online, if you go to my website, it's along SusanKaiserGreenland.com, um, you'll click on something to the Mindful Games and you'll see all sorts of videos. And I'm posting videos that uh, some teachers are doing of the games and you, know, you can listen to some audio. There's a lot of resources there to give you. And sometimes seeing a video of a game can help you see how you could do that at um, home. And a group of inner kids teachers are coming together during this pandemic. I don't know if we'll continue afterwards, but under on the inner kids website, which is just being created now. And we're going to offer some mindfulness classes for kids and caregivers. Um, they'll be very, very short, but just for people who do have online access, some way to 
you know, click in and um, there'll be Zoom meetings and um, we're in the process of developing them now. So I can't really tell you exactly mm. what they'll be, but I can tell you that within a week or so, there'll be some way to connect with uh, some teachers on there. If you want to just go on with your child and see what's up. That's so cool. Well, Susan, I, I could probably talk to you like for hours and hours more about this. Um, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the, the work that you've shared, done over the years and the, and the wisdom that you're shared and, and just the perspective of, um, you know, that, that open and curious perspective that you have. You know, I think that even the way you speak about this, it offers this possibility of looking at this time in a new way. And, um, and I, and I hope that for me, I really get that from you. And I hope that my listener gets that from you too, this, this beautiful feeling of open possibility that, that it really is there if we can broaden ourselves. Yeah, thank you. There is that invitation. I mean, it doesn't mean that this isn't horrible, uh, in so many different ways and isn't affecting people. And, and, and I don't mean to understate the difficulties that many of many people are, are dealing with. Um, and, and even, you know, if I allow myself to think about it, that, that, you know, my family and I are dealing with too, uh, you know, when I take all that in, but it is also an opportunity to shift perspective a little bit and um, so we might as well take advantage of that. Yes. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Susan is so wise and down to earth and human, isn't she? I just love her energy. Like I said, it's just, it really comes through that equanimity that she has from years of mindfulness practice. And we can have that too, right? We can also broaden our bandwidth and, you know, change our bodies to change our minds and, and help, be, you know, let our, our well-being be contagious for our kids. We can do this. Yes. Yes. And part of this, that uh, one of the things that we are putting out here to help you with this will be the Mindful Parenting free training and that is May, live May 6th through 11th, 2020. Uh, and you can join at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. You'll learn why your kids don't listen to you, how to stop yelling, what kids really need, and how to create cooperative kids without losing your temper. So I hope you'll be part of it. And I hope you're keeping safe and sound, my friend. I hope that you're... Uh, practicing to see the good, practicing to broaden that bandwidth, practicing to ground and connect. And you, I want you to know that you are not alone. We are alone in this together, as the hashtag says. And um, your your self-care really matters. Your, your practices to stay more grounded and to accept what's happening for you all of that really really matters right now it matters to me and i'm rooting for you and i'm cheering for you and um and i'm practicing too so i hope you'll stay safe i hope you'll um, practice to 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 offer that that grounding and that connection to your kids and to yourself and um i will be back talking to you next week thank you so much for listening namaste